Amen? If you step down on your floor, if you don't have carpet, your foot was cold. I know it was. And you had to hurry and move like that, too. So Betsy and I don't have a lot of carpet in our house. We have one room left of carpet in. And so uh, the bad news is the carpet is not in my bedroom. So when I got out of the bed this morning, I was the first one to get up and get up at 5 a.m. And so when I got up this morning and my foot went down on the floor, I'd forgotten how cold it can be. And so I wanted to get back in that bed, but instead I ran. I'm talking, you ever seen your pastor move before? I was gone, lickety-split, into the bathroom quick because I knew that hot shower was going to wake me up. So we need to move like that this morning. We need to get moving. We need to get grooving. We need to get worshiping God this morning. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. It's all about Him. We're going to give Him praise, honor, and glory and lift up the name of the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. We're going to ask you to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place it in the place to come left where we have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well and ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary with us. Experience what God is doing at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Well, my goodness, we do have some announcements I want to share with you. Number one, if you look outside in the foyer, there is our stand coming up for Christ in the Passover presentation. There's a sign-up sheet there. If you're interested in being in that, we'd love to have you. There's no cost for you. All you have to do is sign up for that. Uh, we do, though, however, need a head count because we're going to be preparing a meal for that. And so that's the only reason why we're asking you to sign up for it. So we can RSVP you, if you will, so we can have enough food for everybody. We're also asking if you have a nut allergy, you just indicate that for us that we've got a little wire in. Yes or no, if you have an allergy to nuts, so we can make sure that you have a nut-free plate right there. All right. Also, church, coming up uh, on March 28th, uh, Hope Pregnancy Center is having its life banquet. Well, it's having the church has to share some tables. Uh, and so and we do that every year. And if you're interested in doing that, we have about six spots still left. If you're interested in, in going to that banquet, they'll talk to you. So uh, if you can jump in there and be with us in the church there on uh, the 28th at uh, Hope Bankruptcy called Celebration of Life. Special speaker coming in. I'm saying he's an outstanding speaker. He's an author and he's a noted speaker as well. So if you're interested in that, get with my office with Monica and she'll reserve you in those last six blocks that we have. So we have two tables, 20 people will be going, will be going to the Bible Church. I'm not counting the volunteers. What we have will be sitting at the volunteer table, but uh, it's a wonderful thing and it's a wonderful opportunity. If you're interested in that, First come, first serve basis, so uh, six blocks are left. Please contact Monica or contact me now. Uh, just about me, though, I'll be flying out Monday evening to Poland to teach people pastor in prayer. As I go on a mission trip there, I'll be working in three different churches in Poland. Now, one of the first one, you know, the one I'm spending most of the time with is called Duke Baptist Church. So please do a prayer for Duke and a prayer for me and a prayer for those people as God puts us together to see what we can do to help out time of need they have there. So please, carefully um, welcome me in prayer as we get ready for that. Alright. So what else is happening right there in that church? As you know, our Operation Christian Child does have an item of the month going on, and we're looking for quality crafts this month. So if you come across any of those, you see any on sale, pick them up and get ready for our wonderful time of shoebox packing that comes up in November and December. So uh, be in prayer about that and go with an open eye also, church, we have our regular services going on today. Uh, 
Well, good morning. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is good. Amen. How great is our God? You know, while we're thinking about how great our God is, I've been given a last-minute announcement. There has been a cell phone found and turned into a sound booth. You can describe that cell phone, and if you can unlock it, you can have it back. you got to see the TV. He's back there in the back, and he's showing me that cell phone. He's like, hey, I don't want to take this home with me. So if you're missing one, go see Brother TV at the end of the service. But don't go grab the service, amen? You don't need it during preaching time now. Don't have to have it. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to see every one of you. And it is so good to be in the house of the Lord. And it's my prayer this morning for each and every one of you to stay as you leave here that it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. My real prayer that if there be someone this morning that needs to come to know Jesus, that today would be that day. In fact, that's the title of this morning's message. Today! It's today! And so if you have your Bibles with you, open your please to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke. That's what we're going to be at this morning. Gospel of Luke. I love the Gospel of Luke. It is the only Gentile writer. He's the only Gentile writer of the Gospel. And he writes uh, his Gospel. Um, he steps down. If you read through Luke, he steps down and interviews people uh, firsthand. He goes and visits them and he interviews them and he writes down their stories. And so I love the Gospel of Luke for that. And he finds such in depth, he such wonderful statements. Um, eyewitness account that the gospel becomes alive as you read through Luke. I remember when I was a young Christian, I used to refrain from reading Luke. I thought most young Christians love John. And John is great. I love John. It's probably my favorite gospel. And it's a wonderful, wonderful statement in it. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And if he's a witness, he might believe that Jesus is the Christ. But it has all these powerful statements in it. Uh, you know them quite well. But Luke also Only in the gospel of Now, as we consider that this morning, I need you to understand that there are two men in the New Testament that we do not know. Now, to be fair, there are more than two men that we don't know in the New Testament. But there are two that I want to bring to your attention this morning. So don't get me wrong, we know who they are. We just don't know who they are. You know what I mean? We know who they are, but we don't know who they are. In other words, we don't know their names. We don't really know much about them. They're in the New Testament. We know what happened to them in the New Testament. We don't know much before, and we know a lot about what happened afterwards. We know a lot about that. And that's what we're really looking at this morning. In fact, these two guys are quite famous. Very, very, very famous, especially for them who remain, who remain anonymous. They don't have their names at all, but we know who they are, and we refer to them. Moment I refer to them, they say, oh, Yeah, I know who those two guys are. The truth is, we've never seen them before. We don't know what color their hair are. We don't know what color their eyes are. We don't know how big their ears were. But we do know who they are without knowing who they are. Isn't that amazing? Usually, though, if someone remains nameless, it's for a reason. Love passing the church, and let me tell you, there are many, many, many people who do wonderful things. I call it the ministry of the unseen throughout the church. Uh, it's been my pleasure, and not only my pleasure, it's been my blessing to be pastor of God's church for 30 years. Uh, and I watch people get 
Spirit gets a hold of them and watch people grab a hold of God's Word and watch it go to work in their lives. And usually it manifests in something they start doing around the church. And like I said, I like to call that the ministry of the unseen hand. They start cleaning, they start uh, mowing, they start painting, whatever it is, they start falling in love with God's house, with God's people, with God's Word, and it starts manifesting through those things. But they usually want to remain anonymous. Sometimes somebody gives a gift and it remains anonymous. Somebody provides something and it remains anonymous. And you can die forever. My belief is that any group can remain anonymous. You can know the name. The reason why we don't know the name is well, that's the reason why we don't know. Look with me in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. That's why we're going to look at the two thieves, right? The two thieves on the cross. You're like, oh yeah, I know those guys. We do, but we don't. Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. Give a second to turn there. Oh, how I love to do it. Those pages turn. Love to do that. Now, you might have an electronic Bible this morning, and I wish I could say, I love to hear that Bible turn on. Especially if you're at home online, I can't hear your Bible turn on. So you need to get here in sanctuary and let me hear those Bible pages turn. I'm still an old fashioned guy, and I still read. My hard print Bible, that's what I, I use. And uh, though I have one on my cell phone, and sometimes it really helps when I go visit, like in a hospital or something, and the lights are down. And let's face it, I'm not getting any younger, and I'm like, I can't read this in the dark, so I just pull it out and get it on my cell phone, and then put the lights down. You know? um, so I, I cheated like that. And then, of course, another thing is the older I get, the more I forget things, too. And I know I'm not the only one who goes through that. You ever been there saying, well, I know it said this, but I forgot where it was. Your cell phone will pull it up for you just like that. Don't trust that thing too much, though. I'm telling you, stay in the Word of God. Luke 23, verses 39 and 43. The Bible says, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, You are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Can we go to the Lord of Christ? Oh, my Father, let today be the day that you stumble and you come to Let today be the day that some of Unite with good people and your body here at Washington Avenue. And Lord, there might be someone who's hurting today for some other reason, and I just pray that today be the day, Father God. They will see you and know that you're I'm asking, Lord, you move mightily this morning. Speak to us, Lord, so that we might hear, and your children might hear, and we might serve you and worship you. Take us, Lord, and listen to your word. Take a look at the picture we have around you. You'll see that that's the three crosses, and of course, Jesus is in the middle. And you've just read the scriptures one sits right on the left, and one sits right on the right. We really don't know which side each other is on. That's also for you to see. It really doesn't matter, does it? It really doesn't matter. So we have political savvy people out there, maybe like the repentant preachers on the right. <laughs> we have some out there that say, 
Well, the blasphemous thief was on the left. Or some will say, no, the blasphemous one was on the right. Well, I can tell you what we do now. Jesus is in the middle. And that's something we need to remember. Jesus is in the middle. And in the middle cross, he's got the cause against him. The cause they say he was guilty of. Now, I need you to understand this this morning. Because this is all they can come up with what Jesus was guilty of. He's guilty of being the king of the Jews. Amen. That's what they charged him with. They said, that's worth dying for. Put him on the cross. Crucify him because he's the king of the Jews. That's your question. When you put Christ in his heart, do you grasp him in the If you are, and if you believe that, then he is your king. Are you understanding me this morning? And you might be sitting there saying, I never thought about it like that, Pastor. Well, you need start looking into it. And you need to start thinking about it. He is our King. And He is our Lord. He is our Savior. On top of that, He's our sacrifice. And more than that, He now sets up in heaven as our intercessor. Somebody say amen this morning. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Jesus. And ask the question, you don't know this King's name, but we know it's you. I hope you do. And I'm not talking about just knowing what it is, I'm asking you, you know him. If you know him, he's the king of the Jews. He's in the middle of those two things. Uh, this day, this terrible day that we call uh, Good Friday. Good Friday, and people ask me all the time, Pastor, why do we call it good? It's something so terrible happened. Well, it was terrible, but at the same time, it was so, so good. Amen. Because without the death on the cross, our salvation would be not Broken. It would not be there. We have to have that. And no wonder the Father, many years ago, named that, that Friday Good Friday. He died for us. And that's kind of what we're talking about here today. Talking about his time on the cross. Once again, shall we? And I need you to take note of verse 39. Verse 39 means nothing to the imagination. I love Luke for that. He was an interviewer. He got out and he interviewed people. I wonder who he interviewed about this. Because, you know, that doesn't really take a lot to find this thing here. Because John and Mark and Matthew tell us who was there at the cross. In fact, we know who was there at the cross. We know some folks that were there. We know that John was there. We know that Mary was there. Mary Magdalene was there. We also know that the Roman centurion was there. Of 
God's redemption of mankind and only Him you have. Oh, I love these two guys in England. Uh, they could have been any one of them. Any one of them. In fact, you can put your name in place.
brought up just means I'm a sinner. Is that how we usually refer to that? And then we quote things like Romans 3, 23. We're all sinned. I'm just in good company, Pastor. I'm just like everybody else. Well, does God do sin? Because that's what we're talking about, going to the cross next to Jesus. Jesus is guilty God is he's king of the Jews. These two guys, well, number one, he's a blasphemer. And don't tell us what else they've done. Blasphemed openly right there while he's dying on the cross. You can imagine what he did for the Jews. The Bible tells us in 1 John 3, verse 4, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. People ask me all the time, what is sin, Pastor? It's the breaking of God's law, and it makes you a trespasser. It makes you a lawbreaker. It makes you a God guy. at what God used sin as. You're getting a good 
picture of it this morning. It's lying. It's stealing. It's kidnapping. It's stealing somebody else's life, somebody else's glory. It's hurting somebody. It's murdering somebody. It's committing fornication, lawlessness. It is breaking God's law. And incidentally, breaking God's law breaks God's breaking his law does. Look at me. At the very beginning, we're there just a few years outside of the creation, just a few hundred years outside of creation when God had created that world. And God had went through great pains to say, it is good. He made man. He made woman. They married. They were having children. And my goodness, mankind broke God's law. With the breaking of God's law came the breaking of our Breaking earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In fact, if you went on to verse 6, it would say, God repents that he made mankind because they were so criminal. Criminal. years in the ministry, I can't tell you how many Sunday school teachers, how many teachers, how many fellow preachers have come into my office and said, Doc, I've got a problem. What is the problem? The problem is this. And I'll tell you, how did you preach last Sunday morning? Not just them. For all of sin, it's all short in the glory of God. We already told you, Romans 3, 23, every single one of us, as you can see in the end, you're starting to see, we got a problem. We've got a major problem because sin doesn't just break God's heart. Sin results in something. Take a look at me at Psalm 53, verses 2 and 3 here. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men and see if there are any who understand who seek God. And every one of them is turned aside. They together become corrupt. There's no one who does good. No, not 
one. There isn't a single one of us. Not one preacher. Not one deacon. Not one teacher. Not one holy person who's good. Not a one of us can be the good God has made us. Fallen creation. It's easy to pick up a child and say, Look, I got a beautiful, wonderful child. It's easy to take one that was born with a problem and say, This is the result of a fallen world. Not mom and dad's fault, not society's fault, but the problem that sin came over the world. It's easy to do that. But you know, there's more to sin than just that. Sin caused more of a problem than just a broken world, than just a broken creation, than just a broken heart. Sin caused a lot more than that. Look at me in Isaiah 59, 2, and we get the full picture of what sin has caused. Verse 2 says, but your iniquity, your sin, your lawlessness is the word that's used there. Your criminality have separated you from your God. So that he will not sin. And we got a major problem. You got a major problem. If you're online right now and you're listening this morning, you've got a problem. Is it a problem, Pastor? Doesn't everybody sin? Unfortunately, we do. Every single one of us. And our sin has caused a separation. Our sin has caused God to hide His face. And more than that, He doesn't listen. Now, we got a major problem because what happens on court dates is you can't talk to the judge. 
What happens if you don't get the statement right on purpose? Look at me in Acts 17, 30 to 31. We've got a court case coming up. This is the Apostle Paul preaching, preaching to stereotypes, he's preaching to the social uh, lovers of the world. These are people who live just to socialize. They live just to talk about, debate, and scrutinize whatever news came out in the world. You know what they are? They were old-fashioned hippies. <laughs> That's all they wanted to do was debate what in their mind was right and wrong. Even though they had jobs and families to take care of, they ended up on Mars Hill just to debate and everything else. He left the fire. Look with me in Acts 17. Look at me in verses 30 and 31. Surely these times of interest, the Apostle Paul preaches to them, talking about their sin, talking about their homosexuality, talking about how they've lied, how they've killed one another, kidnapped one another, talking about how they've hurt one another, how they've broken God's heart. And Paul says, surely these times of interest, God is overlooked. But now, right now, and from now on, God commands all men everywhere to repent. And so I get sometimes really tired as a pastor of people coming up and telling me, repentance is not required of a Christian. You better start reading your Bible again. Repentance is most certainly necessary. Back in Acts 17, verse 30, we are commanded to repent. And a lot of people tell me also, well, uh, we don't believe in a work salvation. Let me tell you something about repentance. It's not something you do. It's something you stop doing. God commands all men everywhere to Because, this is what he He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. Not just me. It's not when you die and you go to your own personal heaven and you go to your own personal streets and go, nope. As a preacher, I do lots of funerals, and that's how they, how most of the world outside of the church has views of heaven. They're going to their version of heaven. You know, if he's a music lover, he goes where they play his favorite music for the rest of his life. Yeah, if he's a Dallas Cowboys lover, he goes and watches the Cowboys play. I'm like, that's got to be hell for a lot of people. <laughs> well, when we start winning again, I'll say something nice about the Cowboys. I love those cowboys, but man, they can irritate me. Here's my point, though. We've got a court case coming up, and we've got a problem because we can't even talk to God. Are you seeing the problem is? Does that describe you? Just want to, you've been saying for the last two years, God speak to me, God show me, and you're not hearing anything. You know why you're not hearing anything? Because God is not listening. He's not listening. Why is he listening? You're dead. You're dead. It's like trying to bring blood fuel to God's monster. What's going to happen? He was appointed a day which he will judge the world in righteousness. He was by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance to us all by raising him from the dead. Now, see what you're going to We have a court case. And it's impossible. Get a lawyer who can speak to the dead. I could go to the preacher, I could go to the deacon, I could go to some Catholic priest, but the truth is they're all in the same boat I am. Uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. I can go to some church and they've got the same problem. I can go anywhere and they've got the same problem. There's not one righteous. No, not one. You can go on and on and on throughout the Bible. What it says there. Our righteousness is but in the filthy rags. 
You've read it. You know it better than I do. We've got a date in which we've got to face the judge. And the judge appointed that day. And he will judge us in righteousness. It's not about your happiness. It's not about what you did good or what you did bad. It's about righteousness. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time righteousness has been a concern of your life? I have an thought about righteousness. It's like a four-year-old boy trying to get in the bathtub. They don't want to do it. Righteousness. You won't think about it. We got a court date, and it's impossible now. One of the lawyers, it's just the judge. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter where they came from, which state they came from. It doesn't matter where they were born. It doesn't matter if they now sit in the White House, or they sit in the State House, or they sit in the Big House. We need help. We need help. You need help. I need help. We all need help because every one of us has gone astray. Every one of us, like sheep, have left our shepherd. Every one of us has created our own self-righteousness, our own way of doing things. Every one of us has said, I don't think I'll do it God's way. I will do it my way. And like the criminal on the cross, we blaspheme him and say, if you really are God, come down here and do something for me. Does it describe you online? Does it describe you? God, fix this for me. God, change this for me. you got a problem. Your problem is, if God isn't listening, why isn't he listening? Because you've got a problem with you. you got a problem with life. you got a problem with the You need help. You need help. He doesn't hear us. Because we need someone to bring us in. See, there is one person. There is one, just one, just one and only one, just one. You already read it in the book of Acts. There just one that God has proven to the world that is worthy. That God said, this is the man I have ordained. He's the one that will bring you where you need to be because I have risen him from the dead. And now he has in his hands the keys to the grave and the hell. He's got victory over top of it. There is no other name written among men, among under heaven, that men must be saved in the name of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's teaching them slowly but surely. The disciples, I love them so much, but they're kind of spiritual perverts now. They have a hard time learning this. They, they brought to get the, the Jesus through the Pharisees, through the Sadducees, through the temple priests. They got the same problem as Jesus. They got the same problem. Here's what John said. That Jesus told him that day. And Jesus is preparing. I mean, he's preparing. He's getting ready to go to the cross. John 14, 6. Jesus is speaking to Thomas. He was talking to Thomas, the one we call the doubter. He says, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Not one other person can get to you. Understand, we got a problem. There's no one on this earth you can find to get you to God. There's no one who can speak out and say, God, hear my voice. No one. But there is one who's now in heaven, and his name is Jesus. And if you will call upon his name, if you will repent of your sins and put him in your heart, then he will call unto his Father, and you can be saved. you got a problem. you got a problem. 
the truth. And I realize there's no other way. You think some other weird church is going to do it? You think some religious ritual is going to do it? Well, you're When thou comest in thy kingdom, remember me. And let me just break that down for you as a theologian this morning. Jesus, he called upon him by his name. Are you hearing me this morning? You need to call upon the Savior by his name. You don't need to talk to a priest. You don't need to talk to some mediator. You need to go to God in his name. Jesus, you got to know him, know him personally. you got to see him on the cross and what he did for you, just like that criminal did as he looked across the way and sees the Holy Son of God dying for him. Jesus, remember me. You need to He said, Jesus, remember me when thou comest to my kingdom. Jesus, it's personal. It's a relationship. It's not religion. It's a relationship. I need you. I can't get to God any other way. Remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Second part is coming into the kingdom of God. Only Jesus can get you there. You're the friend of God. Only Jesus can get you there. Only Jesus can get you where you need to be. Without Jesus, you've got a problem. No one in heaven will listen. No one will answer because your iniquity has separated you from your God. And let me be honest with you. He's your God whether you like it or not. Whether you believe in Him or not. If you say, I don't believe in God, Pastor, I want to challenge you and ask you to take yourself out on Highway 190 just right there and stand in the middle and say, I don't believe in trucks and see what happens. Somebody say amen this morning. 
There is nowhere else in heaven that can get you. Your iniquity is gone. Not mine, yours. Your personal wrongs. And I'm sure most of us are thinking right now. How many? How many? Small ones, big ones, medium ones.
I deserve, God, not with me. And I know that God is with me to be innocent, He's sinless, He's perfect, He's holy, and now I behold Him on the cross as the Lord, remember me when you come to the In verse 43, Jesus said to him, Children, now my mission is version, kind of takes one of the powers off that Jesus said to him. But sure, there's a good translation, there's something wrong with it. But you listen to that little emphasis. Perhaps you have it in the King James, or perhaps you have it in a real natural version. Lord, you don't really say that often. Said to him, Amen. Amen is what he said. Amen. Can you imagine that? Are you hearing me this morning? If you are a sinner and you need to put Jesus in your heart, then you can call upon him. And you know what? If you're listening closely, you're going to hear the Son of God say, Amen. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Today your case is closed. Today you're found innocent. Today you're washed and made new. Today you're given a new life. Today you're my child. Amen. I guess you have some more amen if you outside me. You start amen and I get excited. Well, if I get excited, you can't revive it. Amen, amen. I say when you read it. Today you've got to have anything. Today, today, right You can be saved. Not wrong. Not with some religious ritual. Not with some religious class. Not with some piece of paper you sign. Let me tell you, God doesn't care about what we write. God cares about what's written in blood. And what's written in blood for for a Christian is saved, forgiven, innocent. How about this one right here? Paid in full. Think about it right now. Our debt paid for because we owe a debt we can never pay. And he paid a debt he would never owe because he's sinless and holy. And he is the one who makes us Today, you can be saved. Right now, you can be saved. Right now is the time that Jesus said to take you six verses. So he says, in an acceptable time, I have urged you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not Easter, not later on down the road at Christmas. Now is the time. Even though God's heart is broken, even though God says I can't have that sin in my presence. Look at here, Romans 5 8. But God demonstrates his love for us. God showed us, even though we were undeserving, God shows us. He demonstrates it for us how much he loves us. He shows us what love is. Love isn't taking someone out to lunch. Love isn't fixing someone's water bill problem. Love is making someone brand new. And here's the picture in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us. And that while we were still sinners, while we were still criminals and lawbreakers, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves you. And don't ever sit there saying again, I don't think God loves me. He already proved it on Calvary 2,000 years ago. He gave his life. He shed his blood. 
so that you can be forgiven. And when that day comes, if you're a Christian, you'll be found in it. Look at me in 2 Corinthians 5. Our Lord is quoted 21 and 22. Look at me in 17 and 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Your old life is dying. Isn't it amazing how when someone becomes a Christian, they start hating the things they used to do and stop loving the things they used to hate? I think it's wonderful how brand new Christians start loving righteousness and start hating sin, and their friends can't understand it. They get mad at them for it. You know why? Because they need to repent. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, all things are of God, the Bible says, they give him, who has reconciled us to himself in Jesus God He reconciled us to himself in Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Guess what? Good God, now, if you can tell us what you're going to tell everybody else, they do. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how I did it right there. You owe a debt. There's a problem between you and God. I know you think you're right with God. I know you think your church makes you right with God. I know you think your religion makes you right with God. But it doesn't. What makes you right with God is the death of Jesus Christ. And what keeps you right with God is that He's now living in heaven and is feeding for us as our great high priest. And one of these days, now are you hearing me? One of these days, He's going to come back and those skies are going to crack open. And He's going to come down and His church is going to rise up to meet Him in the sky. And the dead in Christ will rise and we'll be with Him forever. Hallelujah! Oh, goodness gracious. Look at verse 19. That is, that God will give us hope. God, the one with the broken heart. God, the one who says, they repent of me, that I have made mankind, for their intentions and their wickedness of heart is only evil continually. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses, their lawlessness, their criminality to them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Not only has he saved you, he's now given you a purpose. That's what you don't want. That's what they passed right in. This morning, get saved if you're online and you've been touched this morning. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Call somebody. Drive yourself over here and grab me before I leave the parking lot. Grab somebody. And say I need Jesus. There's only one person in this room that won't be able to come. Not one. You come and grab. You have another job. I love how God doesn't leave us incomplete. God always, always has His ducks in a row. Let me tell you something about God. God thinks ahead with the stuff that we need to learn about it. He does. God doesn't just give us a new life. He gives us something to do. He gives us somewhere to be. He gives us a purpose. I think it's amazing. If you go back to the, the Genesis and the creation account, God creates a garden. Why? Because he likes gardens? No, because he's going to create mankind. And mankind has to have somewhere to be. going to be some patient, proud, tribulation. You've got to 
trying to learn from animals. Don't sit by. I do love serpent Get up there, Dad. Get up there, husband. Heard it said where the best kept secrets come to close. You know what? I want the secret to be. I want to go everywhere. To be willing to come before you your father while you're standing. That's what I'm calling you to be baptized. Whatever it may be, we're going to give you the opportunity to come this morning. To be humble and Call upon him and be saved. Your word is quick and it is powerful. It's tougher than any fear for I pray right now, Lord, your alive word and cut into our hearts. If there is anyone who needs to come to know your trust, Lord, say to anyone who needs to repent of their sin, or anyone, Father God, who needs to get it right with you, would you let this morning be the And perhaps, Lord, there's some sitting in the pews or online, and they just think they can get right through some other false church, or through some other uh, priest, or some other teacher. Lord God, would you remind them that you are the way, and you are the truth, and you are the life, and that nobody comes into the Father except through I also pray, Lord, for the need to be a part of us, man. I need to, to repent, to renew the walk with you, to let them be saved. Or perhaps, Lord, there's one who has been saved, and it's time for them to show the world what you've done to that person. Would you let them be that day of this We give you the praise, honor, and glory, and Jesus, may we pray. Would you come? Would you come as we sing? Talk to you, sir.
yet, tonight, at 6 o'clock, we will have our usual worship right here. Don't forget 4 30. But the contract is going to be happening. Don't forget about the other afternoons that are at Ralph Sandy Baptist Church throughout the week. I still want to remind you of uh, Christ in the Castle and sign up. If you're interested in that, go ahead and sign up for us. You can begin that uh, head count on that. Let's pray in the word of prayer. And I hope to 